Hey, what's going on, everybody? Today, the pleasure to chat with American country singer, songwriter, MVC The Voice season 17, and American Out season 21 contestant, Mary Beth Bird. In this newest episode, Mary Beth joined me to talk about her single, Jesus in Jail, experiences on American Idol, The Voice, what it's like being an on-air personality at Jonesboro Radio Group, life growing up in Armorell, Arkansas, songwriting session with 6020 Music Team, her love for Elvis Presley, and more. Now, with that being said, hope you enjoy my conversation with Mary Beth. Hello, Mary Beth. Hi, thank you so much for having me today. No, honestly, it's it, it, it's great to be able to talk to you um, because I've I've known you from The Voice um, mm. a while back. Um, yeah. And I saw you on Idol on, on the audition, I guess the audition teaser that they posted. And I said, wait a minute, I know that girl. Um, <laughs> and um, so I, I guess you're no stranger to competitions like that. But um, first and foremost, I want to also talk about that. We were actually just talking about before we started recording that you graduated um uh, recently. So talk to us about that and how does it feel? Absolutely. Um, you know, I've always wanted to go to college and I know that strategic communications, that field is so broad and I'm a person of many layers. I'm one of those people. I'm like, I am passionate about so many different things. I don't know how I'm going to decide on a job. Um, and so strategic communications, that field of study just had the most broad range. So I ended up going to college for four years online at a state here in Arkansas, and I just recently graduated. And so it feels good. It feels good to just kind of have that checked off my list. What else have you not been able to check off your list? Do what? I'm sorry. What else have you not been able to check off the list, I guess, in terms of bucket list items? Um, things that I, I there's so much that I want to do. Um, you know, I want to travel the world, you know, all the things that a young 20 year old would want to do. Um, I'm one of those people I like to just accidentally move a million miles an hour. And my parents are like, slow down, sister, you have plenty of time. Um, but there's, you know, there's lots of things I, I'm actually currently working on my music harder than I ever have. So definitely on my bucket list first. Obviously, that's been that's been a huge importance for you. And uh, I recently had on a lot of the American Idol, uh, your fellow contestants and your fellow uh, friends uh, of American Idol have had recently Elise Christine on. Um, and we were joking around about um, we kicked off the interview by talking about the the picture of you and her. Um, and I was like, I was like, what There's is no going on? Was. I, was, I was like, what is going on in that picture? Um, because Elise just looks like she's like the motherly figure in that picture, and I'm saying, um, man, what is going on? Um, oh, so, we, so, so we talked about that, but let's let's talk about that in in your perspective. What is a friendship with Elise? You know, it's so funny because I, you know, you go into a competition like that, and you're so focused. You have that focal point on the end goal of your career and, and reaching, you know, all these different things. And then you get into it and you're like, wait, it's not about winning the, the main, you know, winning prize. You've already won through the friendships and through the skills gained and the exposure and the experience, you know, all these things. And, you know, my friendship with Elise was one of those things that are just absolutely priceless. Um, it's so funny when we first met in Hollywood a week, we met in passing, but didn't really click. Um, and then further into the competition, you know, we got to go to Hawaii together and really just, you know, I, I found a love for her as like a little sister because she's younger than me. And, you know, it's just nice to to build those friendships. And also Megan Danielle is really one of my good friends as well. So. 
Yeah, I, I mean, we were on a we were on a cruise vacation, and uh, we were. I was I was tracking what was happening in, on Idol at the same time, and um, very early on in the cruise vacation, I found out that obviously Ian Tongi won mm-hmm. um, American Idol and being crowned the champion. I mean, what a character, um, mm-hmm. Ian Tongi, and what his story has been for the American Idol season this year. What what do you think of Ian Tongi? I mean, is there any thing particular that's that's stuck out to you about him? For me, I've always found that the people who go into these competitions without the thought of winning are the ones most likely to win. When your eyes are solely focused on you know the right reasons of being there that's going to put you farther along in the end and Ian was one of those guys he's just so down to earth and he was literally there for his dad and for his family and he just had a pureness about him you know he wasn't in there to be cutthroat and to knock everybody else down and to you know do all these things that some people get into these competitions for you know he's just so genuine and I think that that's what America saw too and I personally, from his audition, I was like, that guy's going to win. I knew it. I knew it. You know, and I think everybody else did too, which was, you know, it's just a really special season to be a part of. And I'm glad that I was. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, like, I, I guess, I guess when, when did you know that Ian was, was the one at, at the end of the day? Uh, just, you know, as I previously mentioned, you know, I really do think it was when I watched his audition. Uh, I was like, wow, like that guy just, I mean, I just knew I was like, America's going to love him. And after meeting him in Hollywood week, that's when I knew, you know, I was like, this guy's in it for the right reasons. You know, he's just doing it because he loves it. And there's a rawness about him as an artist that is so rare these days. It's so rare and he has it. Absolutely. Well, I mean, one of the most uh, powerful moments during EM's journey was when um, I felt like when he won, um, the, the moment I, I, I knew that he won was when he, I guess, when his guitar broke um, and he sort of broke down and he was saying that this was his dad's, you know, spent all his paychecks to give me that guitar. Um, and he promised him that he would use it throughout his whole journey on American Idol and then it broke and he's like breaking down about it. And um, he, I guess the whole thing about him is just heartwarming to hear his, his, his story. But also I thought it was so cool that he ended the, the competition season um, with uh, Don't Let Go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that was the perfect winning song you could ever choose out of anything. Because um, it's, it's groovy, you know, people are having a good time and that's a that's a good time song, um, and so I, I want to talk about um, your life growing up in Armoral, Arkansas. Um, yeah. I mean, w- is there different pronunciations on how you pronounce that place, or what's the um, what's the right pronunciation? We've always called it Armorel. Armorel, yeah. Okay, perfect. Because uh, I remember I was talking to somebody about El Dorado, and they said it's um, El Dorado. El Dorado, yeah. Um, why is that? Is is there just something with um, different pronunciation of different places? I guess. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, as as somebody that's been doing radio for I guess for quite some time with Jonesboro, what's mm-hmm. the job like in um, 
do you ever get some rest? Um, you know, the job is a lot of fun. I will say I've actually taken a break from radio to focus on my music. Um, but it was such a fun job, you know, just getting to connect with the audience and talk uh, into the microphone about things that, you know, it was just my show, which felt really good. Um, and a lot of people connected me with me by, you know, me being myself and being so real, which growing up, you know, I had a really bad stutter and there was a part of me that always wanted to hide from people um, because of the bullying and because of, you know, all the things that hindered me from showing my true self as a young kid. Um, so radio was just a chance to just really show that, you know, without there being a crowd, but there was a crowd on the other end, technically. Um, and it was just really nice. It was an outlet for me to do what I love. Absolutely. And um, I mean, I can definitely relate with um, what you're saying about the, the whole stuttering thing. But for me, I think the, the problem that I face is when I do like a newscast, um, like I'm, I'm pre-recording it. Like mm -hmm. I'm pre-recording it in the studio. And the thing is, I, I, I find like myself like cringing when I hear myself back. Same. Uh, and, and, uh, and I keep saying, man, I could have done that better. I could have done this better. Um, I should have put this in that place. Um, do you ever find moments when you're doing that in, I guess your experience with, with doing radio, do you ever experience those moments where you kind of second guess stuff and then you kind of look at the end of the day and you say, man, maybe I don't regret that all the time and not just with radio but as an artist and you can probably relate on this i think that we live in a world in a society that just is so so quick to tear other people down over something so little um, and i think living in that world living in today's society like that it it makes you second guess every single little thing that you do um, so in radio, you know, I've actually had this one instance happen where I was I was doing an ad about those uh, little fans that go around your neck and, you know, that blows on your face. And I was joking. I was like, yeah, my dad loves those things. You know, he he's out he's out there mowing the lawn looking like a crazy person or like an idiot or something like that. Joking about my dad, you know, because we joke like that. And someone had heard that when it played back and I got a very hateful phone call about how I shouldn't be joking around about my dad like that. And just just something so little, like someone took out of context and just totally spun. I guess they didn't have anything better to do. I don't really know. But um, it was just one of those things, you know, it's hard to show yourself 110% of the time. Um, and that's one of the things that I've struggled with, but I've also really valued that because it's just how you connect with people and you've got to be that way to have a platform and to use it for good. Absolutely. If you, if you had any radio broadcasting icons that you've looked up to in the business, what, what do you, who would those people be for you? Uh, you know, for me, it's ironically always been Ryan Seacrest. You know, he started out in radio and just to see where he is now is so inspiring and amazing. Um, so, yeah. I, 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 initially thought you were going to say bobby bones um, oh him too oh, i love because, him <laughs> because i'm pretty sure he's from arkansas he is from arkansas uh, as well yeah i mean do you watch the bobby bones show or listen to it i i watch little clips on social media uh do you have a favorite uh, person on on i guess on on the team wise um not that i can recall um because honestly 
Bob Bones. Obviously, like Bob Bones is the main guy out of it, but like, I think the funniest person on there is Lunchbox. Um, I I don't know about like Lunchbox. I just don't like it, dude. I just really don't like the dude. Um, uh, but um, aside from that, I want to talk about different things. About um, obviously, you were on The Voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I know you from, and that's where a lot of people know you from. Mm-hmm. Um, you open, you stepped onto the 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 voice stage, and you opened your career with the voice, with Angel from Montgomery by John Prine, but also Bonnie Raitt. Uh, we have to say, mm-hmm. uh, tell us about why that song. Um, was there just some connection to it, or did you just grow up loving that song? Um. It's so funny looking back at that experience. I value it so much. But then I also look back on it and I'm like, who is that girl? Because I've changed so much in my early 20s. Um, But I remember being on The Voice and I wouldn't say doing it for the wrong reasons, but I was just doing it because everybody else wanted me to do it, if that makes sense. I was just doing it because I thought that that was the right next step for me. I was, you know, graduating high school at the time and you know you just you're young and you don't really know what you want to do where you want to go so that was kind of the reason why I did the voice which I'm so thankful for it opened so many doors and then of course COVID hit afterwards um but with that song I've always loved Angel from Montgomery and yeah there wasn't any particular reason I just knew that I'd sang it all the time as a kid and you know I may as well just sing it on a big stage now well, I mean, if you if you would like to talk about how the I guess what the voice experience was like mm-hmm. uh, overall, what 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 was it like for you? You know, oh man, four years later, looking back on it, it is a little bit of a blur. But um, overall, it was a beautiful experience. It was beautiful yet ugly at times. You know, being so young and away from home for so long at long periods of time. And just being on such a huge platform, that being your first time doing anything that big, um, you know, it was very intimidating, very rewarding. Like it was just, it was a true mix of beautiful and ugly is all I can say. You know, I lost my grandpa. He was, you know, the, the most dearest person in my life. And I lost him a couple of days before I flew out for the live shows. And it was just so hard being away from my family and having to postpone his funeral and, you know, just just things like that that made the experience have a little bit of a dim light on it. Um, But overall, you know, the friendships that I got out of it and the relationships, you know, getting to meet Taylor Swift as the mega mentor, I'll never forget that. Um, And just having John Legend as a coach. I mean, there's just so much about it that I wouldn't take back for the world. Of course, of course, and um, obviously, um, we're gonna talk about Taylor Swift and and that that moment um a little bit um after this, but I want to talk about first and foremost. Uh, I mean, I'm curious when you're talking about your grandpa and and obviously losing him and uh, condolences to to your your family about that. And uh, but uh, I I want I'm curious was that the moment when you kind of chose the song "Go Rest on the Mountain." And was that what did that sort of have a connection with whatever you were just saying right now? Yes, yes, absolutely. I had had another song picked for that round, and I think I like as soon as I I found out that my grandpa died, I was actually at my family's house, you know, grieving and whatnot. And I remembered, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to change my song and dedicate it to my grand my grandpa. And so that's what I did. 
absolutely and and that's that it's it's such a heart-wrenching song but such a powerful song uh vince guilds uh, go wrestling on the mountain a uh, written uh in tribute to vince's brother who passed away um mm-hmm. but it's been such a universal song and i think vince has talked about it so many times on different interviews that he's done and people would ask him about it and he would say um you know as much as it was a song for my brother um it became a song for everybody who's lost people in their in their lives and has become this staple song that they sing at their funerals or celebration of life events. Um, well, and it's but, crazy too, because that singing that song on that stage inspired me to release my first single after the show that's called Truly Living. And I didn't want it to be a super sad song. I wanted it to be a dedication, a celebration of life. And so that, is what inspired me to do my single. Absolutely. So I guess I guess when we're when we're I guess when we're going to be talking about Taylor Swift um now what was it like meeting her and what was it like being mentored by her? Well, I remember them saying, you know, we're not going to tell you who the mega mentor is and we were all like what the heck? Why not tell us? You know, what if we don't know them? What if we, you know, it's on camera like freaking out, why don't you just tell us and they didn't. And I just remember just seeing her for the first time walking out. I just honestly, a whole timeline flashback just happened in that moment of just growing up with that woman. I mean, my childhood was filled with every single Taylor Swift song you could ever think of. And it's like getting to meet her. I mean, she's a true hero, a true role model in every single way. And I think that the people who dog Taylor Swift obviously don't know her and haven't even tried to get to know her through the words of her songs or, you know, who, you know, her interviews. And, you know, before you judge a person or an artist, why don't you get to know them a little bit better and do some research, you know? She's amazing. For sure. And obviously there's been there's been a huge problem right now with Taylor Swift in Canada and the hate towards her um, with us Canadians because she has obviously skipped out. Um, she has obviously skipped Canada on her international tour uh, her Eras tour, and now people are um, really concerned about why she's done that and stuff like that. But I, I think people are are unnecessarily judging her because she skipped out on, on a thing. But people don't notice. What people don't notice, I guess, is look at how much alpha changes she's she's doing, the song set list that she's doing every night. Um, it takes a whole toll on an artist to do that on a Absolutely. nightly basis. Um. Well, and so, two, you never know the true reason. And, and, you know, it's not always, I'm sure with Taylor Swift being the huge, not only artist, but businesswoman that she is, she has a whole entourage of people making decisions for her. So, you know, people definitely shouldn't be angry towards her all the time. Of course. And uh, and so let's let's talk about American Idol. Obviously, um, that's been a great experience for you, uh, to say the least. Um, you know, I remember seeing your audition and you opened with If It Hadn't Been For Love by the Steel Drivers and um, instantly, the moment you you started singing, all I could hear was Luke Bryan, Katy Perry and Lionel Richie just, I don't know, they're freaking out um, at the judges panel and, and really were saying, what is going on in here? Um, I mean, to have the validation and to have the compliments that they gave you and the advice that they gave you, looking back now on the the experience, how was it on American Idol, and and how much do you have appreciation for those judges? 
Oh man, I could sit here and talk all day long about how amazing the experience was. Um, and I would say I loved it 10 times better than The Voice. I mean, you know, not to get too deep or anything, but seriously, I feel like it has a lot to do with who you are as a person in that moment of that experience. And for me, I was going through a lot of personal things that was slowly changing me into the young woman that God meant for me to be, if that makes sense. So during that transition, I was doing this big experience called American Idol. <clears throat> and it's funny because watching that initial audition into the very end of the show, I mean, two completely different people, seriously. Like I look back at my audition, I'm like, I don't even know who that girl is because you know, now look at me. And I think that it's just that growth and, all the things that American Idol gave me, you know, it gave me so many tools in order to become that woman. And, um, and yeah, I just, it was just an amazing experience, an experience I wouldn't take, like I literally would do it all over again. Absolutely. Well, I mean, Luke Bryant said a lot of great things about you. And um, he says, when he watched you in Showstoppers, it was the first time we heard you kind of get yelly and screamy. Mm -hmm. And then you said it was a risk. Um, I felt like it wasn't my best vocally. Um, and then Luke kind of gave you this really personal, like heart to heart advice, which I really loved uh, seeing that, like it was, it kind of like made me feel like it wasn't just like Katy Perry and Lionel Richie there. It was, it was just, it felt like it was just you and Luke in that room. And he sat you down and he sort of gave you that advice as someone that's been in the business for a long time. Um, and he sort of told you about like, you know, how he's, he's, they've loved how you've been competing in the country music world. Um, mm -hmm. and, um, how your journey, um, of not giving up on going forward is going to get you there some, someday. Um, what, what did it mean to hear those words from Luke Bryan, you know, especially as a guy that's been doing it mm -hmm. for, for quite some time now? You know, I, I really respect the judges, every single one of them. You know, I went into the show, I was like, holy crap, like these are the three best in the business, amazing. Um, and you know, Luke and I really connected because of our country roots. But I will say, um, through this journey, I, even at the beginning, I knew who I was as an artist. I know exactly who I am as an artist. But sometimes when you get into the music industry a little bit deeper, they try to put you in a box and a lane. And I don't do well with that. <laughs> I'm very, uh, I, I'm a person of a lot of self-expression. And if I feel like I can't do that and I can't be fully 100% myself, I'm going to spiral. Um, and so hearing Luke say that, it was good to hear. It really was. However, in the back of my mind, I was like, but I'm not. I'm not fully country. I'm country pop. I have too many pop influences to be not somewhat pop and you know a lot of my in, in my original music and in this upcoming album you're really going to see who i am and you know i don't know if that's going to come to a shock to my fan or come as a shock to my fan base or if they're going to still love me for it um but overall you know you just you really have to stay stay true to yourself in this business no matter what anyone says of course and um obviously you've had a lot of um singles that have also come out and um, I want to talk about that, but 
you know today i was uh today i was listening to one of your singles um uh jesus in jail mm-hmm. um and i was like man this sounds like a really like cool pump up song mm-hmm. like you know it just like it gets you in the mood to keep going and to to go faster and to to go harder on different things um and then there's a moment in the song where like it kind of gives you the feeling of like okay here comes the beat drop here comes the beat drop and then it kind of goes it kind of goes out and it mm-hmm. comes and then you bring you back into i guess the the hook of the song mm-hmm. and then the lead up to the actual chorus mm-hmm. um which is really cool and i loved how the um i love the grungy drums and and in, in in the song it, it it just gave a whole new level it's like i was listening to like an olympic song you know like when you hear Thank you. You know, something yeah. in the olympics it just gives you that feeling and i remember watching this tv show called songland and i remember them doing an episode about um uh doing a song for the tokyo olympics um and i just kept hearing all these grungy drums and just like going hard into the into the course and it makes you want to go harder and go faster on it and um, well, and it's funny because like you as a listener, um, probably just hear what's on, on the surface, or if you're a deep thinker, you know, you're probably thinking, what is she talking about right there? Or dang, she sounds angry, right? You, you know, I mean, like Jesus and Jet, like that was a real struggle that I had in one of my relationships. And I'm like, God, I need to write a song about this. And I need to just let it all out musically and lyrically. And so my producer, Gabe Neal, uh, you can look him look him up on Instagram, uh, Beats by Gabriel. Uh, but he's so incredible. Like he did a massive production on that, and it was absolutely flawless in my in my opinion. When I first heard it, I was like, "Gabe, you've outdone yourself. Like this is incredible." Uh, so I listen to myself in the gym now <laughs> with that song to keep going and to finish that treadmill. Absolutely, um, that's what I was. That's exactly what I was doing. I was into that same song um, while doing uh, the treadmill as well. But but. <laughs> But, you know, here's the thing, you know, like when, when you look, when you hear the song and you listen to it um, and you kind of look back on the first audition of American Idol, um, it kind of was like a whole full circle moment of like a transition um, because it was like, okay, here's Mary Beth Bird, innocent. Um, and then here's Mary Beth with angst. Where did that come from? Um, and it's a whole new person. I'm like, and a whole character has stepped up in this in this song um and and i know and then and i know a lot of people will say that you know you sound angry in that song and but but that's i guess that's the part of where you start to let go of different things that have been struggling uh for you and you know that freedom yeah I, i mean and it's it's crazy because you know and you know we could talk about this all day long but just reading the hate comments and stuff of people who don't even know or appreciate the art behind every performance of each performer like we don't just get up there to sing i mean we get up there with a very very high intent of what we're performing and you know on that carrie underwood song i was like you know what i'm tired of being so perfectly blah you know i was like i just want to hit this song and yell like and that's what i did because i needed to in that moment you know so for sure and um can you talk to me and explain a little bit behind what the creation of that song was like and how and how did it become what it was today which one um uh what was the process like creating jesus in jail and and um how did it become what it is today absolutely so i i have this 
notes document or folder in my notes app on the iPhone um, called original music portfolio and any idea that I ever have even if I think it's so dumb I will write it down in that portfolio and I had this thought one time um, struggling in a relationship that I had and I was like man like I want to just be such a good like I really want to be such a good person but you bring out the worst in me and not only like but god like you have me somewhere between jesus and jail like you make me want to go to jail sometimes and i thought wait that would be a good idea for a song and so i wrote that song title down and i went to the songwriting camp in nashville through some people and I, you know i was writing with all these people i'd tell them the idea and they'd be like eh, you know not really a fan of it and i'm like okay well then i finally got to the right people and that was callie and gabe and a, a group that we call mb dream team today the people who are working on my album amazing people i could talk about that all day long too but gabe was like i love that idea and he just immediately got to work in the studio and i was like whoa like what is this you know how is this happening and you know he's just a big part of what made that song what it is and all of the writers involved as well including myself you know we just all put our own artistry into it i'm not closed-minded i don't go in there and i'm like i want this 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 and this i say to my team i want everybody on this team to have full creative freedom and that's where all the magic happens for sure and uh, i was i was curious on i, I guess also the whole thing with jesus in jail and then um as we're talking about how you kind of like try to ignore the the negative part of the comment section i guess that's what leads up to the song of people pleaser yeah. um of not wanting to please well you can't please everybody um yeah. and you obviously that's that's something that we're all aware of but i'm curious about the the instagram video you posted about 6020 music and it seems like you guys were in there writing a song or something like that um, in a songwriting session. And for people who are not aware of, of, of the video, I will uh, actually put the, the clip of the video here as well in this interview, in this portion of the interview. Tell us what is going on in the video. Yeah, so in that video, it actually is taking the audience, you know, my fan base on the journey to whatever the end goal of this is. And so they're kind of experiencing the whole album creation in real time, which I think is really, really cool. And I wanted them to have that experience. 
And so in that song, we were writing a song called Addicted. But here's the thing. There's a million songs about being addicted to something or someone or just addiction in general. There's so many songs. So we tried to take a new approach to that idea and spin it in a way that we've never really heard it spun before. And so in that video, you're watching the creation of that song be made, as well as another song called uh, Gray Like You. And it's just all of it is going to be put together at the end in one long documentary that's going to be released with the album. So you'll get to literally be like, all of my answers or all of the questions, wait, all of the answers to my questions are in this video because Mary Beth is taking us along with all of the process. And so it's going to be cool. You know, I'm really working hard to make this as true as any musical piece should be. Absolutely. And so for the album wise, mm -hmm. um, what can we expect from the album? And um, do we know what the release date of it is or is that still coming? Oh man, what to expect. Um, honestly, I'm so proud of myself because I am fully showing myself like in full view. I mean, if you've ever had a question about who I am as a person or as an artist, you're going to figure it out in this album, which I'm super excited before we're planning on calling it truth and grace. And that's exactly what it is. You know, as hard as truth can be to hear sometimes, it just has to be truth every single time. And, you know, I, I love Jelly Roll for that. You know, there's a lot of controversy surrounding him because of his music, but it literally is just his truth. And he's singing about it, which there's nothing wrong with. Um, you know, we all sin, we all, you know, have our things and, you know, music is a way to just tell every bit of that story. And so I'm going to have an album full of truth with grace sprinkled into every single song. And you're going to hear that. For sure. And absolutely. Um, yeah. Jelly Roll is great. Uh, he, he's, he's great. I, 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 I like what he puts out. Um, it's it's a it's a new revolution of music now with Jelly Roll. I mean, he's he's a character as well. But um, you know, I remember uh, chatting with Charlie Reynolds, who did um, I think it was a CMT uh, CMT awards on the red carpet, and she got to interview Jelly Roll, and he already won one award even on the red carpet. Um, and he comes in, he comes in hot, and and he comes in, he's like uh, saying something about two time nominated, three times something. And he goes jelly roll on the red carpet, um, and and he he just he just stole the moment, and he's 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 a great guy, and he releases great music. Um, I I um, love him. You know, I got to meet him on the show, and he's just so real, and it's so freaking hard to find real people in the mu music industry that haven't let you know the fame and money you know go to their head. And Jelly Roll is just a perfect example of. A preservation of a genuine human being who struggles just like everybody else and he's just an he has an amazing story and he's just a great person and i would literally always vouch for him you know i see people hating on him and i'm like y'all don't even know he's amazing but anyway for sure well i mean uh, as we're wrapping up one last question for you if there was if there's any person that is already in heaven that you would want you, that you would want to play a song with who would it be and what song would you play? Oh, man. I would have to say I'm a huge Elvis fan. As you are, I can see in the background. 
I actually have um I actually have an Elvis um uh, what's it called a blanket. Um, mm. So a uh, big fan of Elvis here as well, and I've got a whole bunch of Elvis T-shirts and and yes. and stuff like that. So. Well, you know, you know, with every artist, there's controversy and whatnot. I'm always going to be a diehard Elvis fan. Um, you know, he was from, uh, you know, Tupelo, Mississippi, and, you know, moved to Memphis, Tennessee. And that's only an hour south of us. Um, and so I grew up with just Elvis being from in that area and just around, um, which, I mean, obviously he was long gone before I was born. But still, you know, my parents were huge fans and just him in general. I would love to to for him to come back and maybe like Elvis. Hey, Absolutely. And I have to ask you, have you watched the Elvis film? Yes. And everybody that I've talked to are not big fans, but I was a huge fan. I went to the movie theater and saw it like three times. So I always saw it once, but I really liked it, even though it felt like it was a whole three hour movie, which was not bad. I actually really loved it. Um, the, the saddest part of it was when um, Austin Butler, who plays the role of Elvis Presley, who's done an incredible job. And, um, and so also the wife, um, and then the saddest part was when he went to, he came out of the jet, um, and can't help falling in love by Casey Musgraves, mm-hmm. heartbreaker of a song. Um, and he comes in to greet his, his wife and his, uh, and his daughter, um, and then takes off in the jet. And that's the last time Elvis was seen alive. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a heartbreaking moment, but it's a great film for people who haven't watched it. Go watch it. It's, it's a must see, um, so um if i guess if you're not even not an elvis fan um watching that movie will give you first time experiences to know what the story was um, from beginning to end and it's a really good um biopic i guess if you would say um but thank you so much for chatting with me i had, I had such a I had such a blast to be able to explore this whole uh journey with you and your your new music and feel free to come back on whenever you can have the album out love to this is an honor and a pleasure speaking with you and i appreciate you for having me well to the listeners who made it this far into the episode thanks so much for sticking around i hope you enjoy my conversation with american country singer songwriter nbc the voice season 17 and american out season 21 contestant mary beth bird you can connect with mary beth on all her social media platforms you can find me on all podcast streaming platforms i've been your host Shigmi saying thanks for tuning into the show mm-hmm.